We're in a strange moment of the Christian year, this 10 days before Pentecost. Tradition has it that Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after the resurrection, which was last Thursday. And now we're in a sort of waiting period before the traditional celebration of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, coming to dwell among humanity and in human hearts, which happens on Pentecost. Part of this wonky moment has to do with the theological assertion that joy and light and life, all those things that are of God, overcome, swallow up, and more than cancel out evil, death, and darkness. Lent, that time leading up to Easter, when we have a moment to dwell and slow down in our somberness, to feel and reflect on and repent of our selfish, destructive habits, it's 40 days long. So in answer to that, the season of Easter, celebrating God's victory over sin, death, and the devil, is fittingly 50 days long. But the point here is not about math or dates or even about traditions or holy days. I want to stay for a few minutes in the awkward transitional space that we're invited to experience in this in-between time after Jesus has ascended and before the Holy Spirit comes. Have you ever been in an awkward transitional phase in your life? Maybe you're even in one right now, whether you realize it or not. We often resist change because it's uncomfortable and unpredictable and unknown. But change happens to us anyway, whether we want it or admit it or try to close the door on it. And just like the first disciples who were left staring up into the sky when Jesus ascended, we've got no idea how long it's going to be until that next phase starts. Just like the first disciples, when change and transition begin, we can never know if its passage will be quick and painful or if it may be exhaustingly drawn out. Like the disciples, it could be that we're dealing with a loss, maybe the loss of a dream, what you hoped that life would look like, or what life might look like for a loved one. It could be the loss of life or relationship through the death of a body or the death of trust or the death of willingness to try. Whatever awkward in-between you perhaps have brought with you this morning, God has something to say to you about that unsolved process. Sisters and brothers, God says, bring it. The heartache that you're feeling or the uncertainty that you're facing 
Jesus says, I stretch my arms out as wide as they will go. And I say, bring it here. Bring it to me. That is the cross. That is God in the person of Jesus Christ showing his love for you. As a mother tends a child's skinned knee with open arms and a tender kiss, God offers the same comfort to you. We live in a city infamous for its shine. The joke that I'm sure that I've told each and every one of you still rings true. When Father Jordan broached the prospect of moving to Dallas with me, I told him that Dallas was a sequin on the map of Texas, and that wasn't a compliment. There's a lot of pressure, not from being Dallasites necessarily, but from our families or our friends, from our culture at large, from our neighbors, maybe even our fellow churchgoers, perhaps even other mamas, to clean up our acts before we face God, let alone before we face up to one another. There's some kind of expectation that we need to be all scrubbed clean and have our lives figured out, to not be in the middle of a transition and not be just starting to change and not be struggling or resisting or angry about that change. That's when we're able to share our lives and come to church and build relationships. But my brothers and sisters, you know at least as well as I do that we are never not facing change. We are never not in process. We are never static or finished or perfectly rinsed out. A friend of mine was telling me last week that she'd realized that if she wanted to see her friends, in spite of them all having toddlers, that she'd have to be okay with them seeing her messy house. There was no way to contain the kids effectively anywhere except in a home. And there was no way that their homes were going to be pristine while there were little children running around. I have to invite my friends into the middle of my mess if I want them in my life. She didn't necessarily mean this in a literal way, just a literal way. We must try to have these honest answers for ourselves, first of all, and also for one another. Sometimes that first part is the hardest, admitting the messiness to ourselves. We get numb with routines and with things that we stuff into our mouths. We get numb with burying and ignoring our feelings. We get numb with lying thoughts that we listen to in our heads. We get numb because change hurts and it's hard. Because messiness makes us feel exposed without a safety net, with no fig leaf to cover ourselves. But here's the good news. When change comes to our lives, God stays. When we get hurt or burned, God opens his arms wide. 
When God sees our messiness, he does not turn away or say to us, tisk tisk. When we are exposed before God, he looks at us with love. He cleans us off with his own tender hands. And he puts new clothes on us. God is a good mother. God sees and loves and responds. And the thing that's both comforting and disquieting is that God always says, bring it. God can not only see the messiness and the change that we are holding in our hearts, but he also beckons us to let him sit with us in the midst of it. So in these in-between days in the church here, when Jesus is ascended and the Holy Spirit hasn't yet been sent down, God's people are reminded that we have freedom to be in process, to be not finished yet, to recognize changes and transitions in our lives, uncomfortable as they may feel, because we are not alone. God is with us. The hard part is that God isn't with us in a general clouds and rainbows hanging out by the crack in my bedroom ceiling sort of way. God is with us in a fleshy, particular, personal, up-in-your-face kind of way. When I'm talking in a meeting at church, which I often do, I know, Mrs. Elnora Jones is always looking at me intently. I feel God looking at me through her eyes with sweet attention and with a determined gaze. When I splay myself on the floor at home, my little boy runs over to give me a hug. And I feel God embracing me in those chubby little arms, his tender hand patting me on the back. The hard part is that God reaches out to us in flesh and blood, in other people, in messy, faulty, changeable people. We aren't meant to separate God from his people, and we aren't meant to have it all figured out. It is all a mess. And to all of it, God says, bring it. Amen. Amen.